0: Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellary. And today we're going to talk marketing automation, CRMs, maybe a few other buzzwords. We're going to sort this thing out. My guest is Derek Major. Well, good morning, or I, yeah, it is morning, right? You're in Vancouver. Oh, it's morning.
1: I'm even <laughs> earlier than you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I know when I, when I talk to people out east, it's always sometimes like, hey, good morning. They're like, actually, we just finished lunch. It's like, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Can you start, um, maybe kick things off by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, again, thanks for having me on, David. Is um, uh, Yeah, I, I've been, um, you know, I, I started my business, uh, Eligio CRM. Just We just celebrated our 11th birthday this month. And oh, congrats. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's it's hard to hard to believe how fast time flies and uh, and i, I mean o- over the years we've been doing uh, a number of things I actually started the company out as a tech support company uh, helping out small businesses but uh, we were kind of doing everything everything from web design to tech support to uh, crm and uh, custom software and everything and then probably about seven or eight years ago we really got into the crM space uh, which which is a background of mine and interest of mine I've always been um, comfortable and interested in technology. And e- even when I got started out, uh, I, I was working for a number of different companies like Telus and Shaw uh, in Alberta, ATV Financial is with them as well, as well as Jim Patterson Group. And all all of those experiences uh, involve software, um, usually on a user-customer-facing nature type of thing. And uh, it's always been an interest of mine. And so, you know, for the last seven, eight years, our focus has been on CRM. Which is as an extension of that, we've been getting a lot more into the marketing automation space too. So a lot of that's kind of merging these days. Uh, there's a lot of products out there that accommodate both. Um, so it's a, because of the internet, everything's kind of coming together. So we're we're really excited to be working in that space and you know learning stuff as much as our clients are every day too.
0: Well, I hope to be able to talk to you a little bit about how um, CRMs and marketing automation are coming together. But um, just a little bit on CRMs. So, are you uh, are you platform specific, or are you're just helping in in general terms?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you go to our website, uh, we we do focus a lot on Sugar CRM, uh, which is an open source commercial product that launched in two thousand four. And we've worked with them for quite a, quite a while, but uh, we also do a lot of work on other products like Salesforce. We've done some work on Zoho, uh, Microsoft Dynamics. Over the years, I've kind of touched on those myself quite a bit. Um, but here, here, up here in Canada, because of data privacy and whatnot, uh, different uh, um, privacy regulations around the world as well, uh, we, we seem to be doing a lot more sugar business, mostly because customers can get their own server. They don't need to be on the cloud and they can actually install it locally if they wanted to as well. So,
0: Is that you know, the security issues that uh, with Salesforce, your data's um, being held somewhere else? Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Salesforce has started to address that in the last couple of years. They do have, at least for from a Canadian perspective, they do have data centers, uh, not necessarily data centers. They, they house it through uh, Amazon now. Uh, but that used to be a real concern because Canada didn't have um, data center specific. But even then, uh, there's still concerns that you're housing your data with an American companies.
0: Right. Um, and uh, government, for sure, and, and probably a lot of private organizations not very comfortable with that.
1: Uh, absolutely. Insurance is another one. Healthcare care. Uh, anywhere, anywhere there's private data, especially things like SIN numbers, credit uh, card information, personal information, uh, seems to be a real concern.
0: So now what is, um, if we look at a CRM and we talk about it at its best, what is, what, what is it a CRM at when, when it's done right?
1: Yeah, so, well, the CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management. I think most of our clients come to us because uh, they have a sales team and they want to coordinate their sales teams, coordinate sales efforts and whatnot, um, which is always interesting. Again, it's customer relationship management. So sales is part of that, but it's actually the whole spectrum uh, of marketing, sales, and service, it's uh, it's the end-to-end life cycle of of a, of a customer or client uh, that a CRM uh, can be. So, in, in a euphoria state for for a company, it takes. If you've never had a CRM, uh, it does take a few years to kind of establish that within a company culture, depending on the size of the business. Um, but once you've done that, I mean, marketing is feeding leads into the into the CRM as the marketing component of things. The sales teams are working in unison with marketing as these leads are coming in. They're qualifying them. They are calling them. They're quoting them and hopefully turning them into customers. And once they've turned them into customers, that's where the service side kind of fills in and takes over the relationships and maintains the relationships and helps grow the relationships. So in the euphoria state, you've kind of tied every operational system and activity uh, right back into your CRM so you have a really holistic view of who your customer is.
0: So I have this, um, I guess, this vision in my mind of uh, the telemarketer phoning me and telling me my furnace needs or asking me if I need to uh, clean my furnace and then uh, passing me off to a salesman or something else. Is is it just sort of those um, massive churning sales organizations that need CRMs?
1: I don't think so. You know, a mentor of mine once gave me an example when I first started out. And he says, if you think about, like, the corner the corner of grocery store. Uh, I, I know I'm, I'm in Vancouver, so uh, we see them here and there, not mm-hmm. as much as you used to, but, uh, the, the idea was that you, you walk into that store and you get to know the, the guy behind the counter on a first name basis. Yeah. Uh, he knows who you are. He knows what you like to buy every week. He always makes sure to stock up on the right products. Um, so that when you come in the next week that those products are there for you, he, he's basically, you know, a, a CRM on his own. Um, when a small business, even you know five employees or even one or two employees, there's certainly value in it. You might not take it to the to the scale that a you know fifty hundred you know thousand person Salesforce uh, organization might do it, but you still want to keep track of that information so that when those customers are coming back to you, you know personal details. So if there's if you have a number of customers that you work with, maybe it's it's a little bit difficult to remember. Particulars like, say, the person's spouse's name, maybe their kid's names, uh, maybe favorite activities. Uh, I've seen some clients that we've done some work with where they've when they've organized, say, a golf tournament, they'll take a look in their CRM and they'll see who's interested in golf. And then they'll pair those people up and invite them out to the golf tournament. So I think there's value in just taking notes and have a nice central spot where you can keep track of who your customers are.
0: So really everyone in the organization could be feeding uh, customer information. So, you know, oh, she likes uh, or he likes uh, chocolates from the store or whatever else. And, and you just have this shared knowledge of, of your customer.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, e- even, even I, it's, um, we, we, <laughs> I always think hit by bus scenario, but I, I've been turned on to win the lottery scenario. Uh, if someone if someone moves on, it's you have all this data and there's all this information about people. So if some someone can't pick up or, or um, someone goes on vacation, like within the within the organization, they have a, a nice little overview of who that client is. So they kind of pick up where the other person left off, without really missing a beat, if you've done it right.
0: So now um, probably <laughs> you qualify this all the time if you've done it right. Um, <laughs> there's probably a lot of organizations that I've seen them. Um, I, well, I haven't seen them, but I've heard people say, yeah, we have a CRM. Yeah, we have a CRM, but there's, there's maybe not, um, maybe not a lot of information there. What are people doing wrong when they, when they're implementing a CRM?
1: Well, I think you, I think you just kind of touched on it a bit there. It's for a lot of people. Uh, especially the last several years. And there's so many products out there. You type CRM in there. And I have client, like clients or prospects every day. Hey, Derek, have you heard of this CRM or that CRM? It's like, well, there's new ones every day. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened is a lot of people have turned it into a checkbox. It's like, yep, yeah, check, I have a CRM. And there's a little bit more thought that can go into it. Um, you can go pick up a lot of these. I call them boutique uh, CRM products, ones that you go online, you probably have a free edition. You probably have a really low cost point to get in like five, $10 a month. Um, but you're kind of, you're kind of stuck in the way they do. They do things for CRM. You can't really customize it and tailor it to your business. Uh, so I think a lot of people find that they can, they can sign up for these products quite easily, but once they get in there, it turns into a, uh, a glorified Rolodex is really what it becomes. So you have a giant contact list, but it's not really doing anything for you. Right. And so I think, I think the misstep that a lot of uh, organizations take, and again, it depends on the size and the scale of the organization, is that just the planning piece and the strategy. It's like, well, why do we want a CRM? What, what, what's the output of this CRM? That, what is it going to do for us? Is it going to help automate things? Is it going to help create better um, communication flow between different departments? So those are the kinds of things and questions that people should be kind of looking at uh, before they buy it. But I think a lot of companies, because it's so easy to get into, the barrier barrier of entry is really low. uh, They kind of jump in and check it off and say, okay, we got a CRM salesperson. I want you to start using it. And so the salesperson ends up building their own process as they go along because nothing's really been thought through. So
0: other than being that repository, what is the promise that a CRM can deliver
1: uh, it, it, it kind of depends on the angle you're going in on it, but I, I think, uh, the number, if you look from a marketing perspective, I find that marketing people, the biggest, the greatest value of the marketing folks would find is they are able to uh, provide some data on ROI. So if we're going to go spend a bunch of money on a billboard, we can act track, you know, all of those, uh, leads that come in from a billboard advertisement. Another one might be trade show. So if you go to a trade show. Uh, being able to collect all those business cards, or these days a lot of those trade organizations organizations will have scanners and whatnot, so you get a little spreadsheet you can import into your CRM. Um, so it's being able to, to, to show true ROI on the different uh, investments in the marketing that are happening. On the sales side, there's value in follow-ups. So even on our sales team, for our our, our group, we have probably two 300 leads at any given moment that our, each salesperson is working on. And there's no way that uh, sticky notes and um, <laughs> even calendar reminders are going to be able to keep, keep track of all that. So they use the CRM to help direct what work they have to do every day and what reminders they have. Uh, automation is an interesting thing these days. You hear a lot about AI. To me, AI, is, at least right now, is a lot more about uh, automation. And what we do, even for us, is when we have leads coming in, and This is kind of segueing a bit into marketing automation. Okay, is that we're kind of we're using all the data we have on our prospects to find out which ones we should be engaging with at the right at the right moments. So is it too early to engage with them? Is it too late to engage with them? What's the sweet spot? So we're tracking data and we're tracking activity um, on on our website, on email marketing, on even follow ups and contacts we make through social media, through phone calls to kind of help us direct what leads we should be focusing on. So from a sales part, that that's probably a really critical piece.
0: So how, how are you like, how is that working exactly? Like, are there certain markers that would uh, generate another step in the marketing automation or maybe give me a
1: rundown on what? Yeah, sure. So we, we, we track stuff like we call like engagement. So which could lead into, um, if for those that are, are involved with marketing, you'll hear about a lot about lead scoring. So one way is lead scoring. So if someone hits a certain threshold of a score, you might direct that to the sales team. I'm kind of simplifying it, but let's say someone hits your website, they're clicking around, they're checking out certain things on the website, but you're, you're giving them a point for every page they look at, for instance. Um, but then they stumble upon this uh, white paper that they have on your website. And they go, oh, this is an interesting article. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to go ahead and fill up this article and I'm going to request to have this white paper. Now, the trick with that is they're paying for that white paper with their information. So, once they've downloaded that information, they've now revealed to you who they are. Um, And at the same time, all that data you've been collecting, scoring on them, you've now started to rank how engaged they are with your website. So, you know, David, if you came to Legio's website and you you clicked on a couple things and downloaded white, white paper and went away, versus... John Doe, that goes to our website, goes to the sugar CRM section, watches 10 videos, clicks through a bunch of things, downloads three white papers, et cetera, et cetera. When that data feeds back into the CRM, which, which lead do you think the salespeople are going to want to call?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you're gating some of that content, so you're capturing that a little bit of personal information or knowing who exactly yeah. I am or John Exactly. Is. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And then, sorry. Oh yeah, sorry. (laughs) And and then, so then, as I talked about, um, uh, you you mean as far as like from the salesperson perspective, right? Yeah. So, um... so yeah. So I mean, with our sales teams, as as these leads are coming in, I mean, once they've been qualified, I mean, at that point, that's when our sales process gets off. Um, So to us, that's an engaged lead. They're interested. They've shown interest. and from there, the sales the sales folks they're calling up, they're following with the client, and that kind of kicks into um, the sales side of the CRM world. So, in the sales side, we have our sales process defined, sales process rather. And in that process, we have everything from running a demo for the client. At what stage do we give them a proposal? Um, capturing the information about that proposal, um, all of that gets tracked inside of the CRM. So. That when, you know, we have weekly sales meetings, it's, you know, we're tracking forecasts too. It's like, okay, we have X amount of qualified leads coming in this week, um, which goes on top of the leads we had last week. And once they've been a qualified lead, we're now looking at them as a um, a qualified opportunity. And now it's an opportunity that's trackable and actually has a dollar amount to it. Because at that point, we've typically spoken to the client and we have an idea what what type of opportunity we're dealing with. And when it might close. So depending on the product and the velocity of the deals that you work with, it's so basically the speed of closing a deal. Uh, for us, it can be anywhere from three to six months. Uh, for some clients it could be same day, especially e-commerce and B two C. Um, so depending on the velocity of, of those deals, you use that data to kind of forecast that what your revenues are going to be, uh, over a six, 12 month period. Um,
0: so where does the automation come in? Like, uh, especially from a marketing point of view, I, th- I think, uh, okay, I've um, downloaded your white papers. I've watched your videos. The salesperson's called, I've said, I'm not interested. Is that, is there another step that automation connects to the CRM or should connect to the CRM? Yeah,
1: so. yeah, there's a few, there's a few angles that we work with. So if they're not interested and they want to continue receiving content like drip marketing, I mean, that, that, uh, we don't do drip marketing ourselves, uh, but we do have clients that do drip marketing campaigns. So if once you fill out the white paper, depending on what type of interest you've kind of shown, uh, that that automation can direct you to what kind of drip marketing you're getting. And what what I mean by that is, let's say you're on our website or you're on a, you're on a, let's use, let's use a non legal example. Let's use a car dealership. Let's say you go to a car dealership and you're clicking through the car dealership website and you see a specific vehicle, and you also see an SUV on there. So you click at the, You click on, the say, the sedan. You take a look at the sedan, and you're like, oh, this isn't really what I'm interested in, but I'm going to go click and take a look at this SUV. It looks like it's bigger and has a little bit more room. And what you can start doing now is tracking, again, all this data. And as you're going through this, um, this SUV page, you're getting more information. You're clicking through more pages, getting more information. And this is an important tip for people, too, when you're building your website out. It's not just a brochure anymore. You you want to strategically build your website so that you can actually track these clicks going through to help build a profile of who your prospect is. So back to the SUV, I'm clicking through different features about the vehicle. Maybe I see there's something about off-road capabilities. And then I see a section where it's like, I want to go and fill out a form for a free test drive. Again, we're now offering up An opportunity to the prospect, but they need to give us something in return. So they would fill out the form, and now that gets tracked into the system. So now what would happen in the marketing side of things, email marketing specifically in this case, is we'd probably, we wouldn't be sending them information about, you know, the sedan anymore. We know that they're really interested in the SUV based on the behavior on the website. So we'd be focusing more on the SUV side of things. So just sending them, whether it's uh, different videos, testimonials, and things like that, uh, different kind of content. Um, And at some point, as I mentioned earlier about the lead score, you're not tracking the the engagement side of things. And once that lead score hits a certain threshold, uh, that might trigger off other automation. So if they come back at, let's say they go dormant for 30 or 60 days, then after 30 or 60 days, we could say, okay, you know what? Uh, They come back to our website that might ping something inside of the CRM to say, hey, Derek, the salesperson, uh, David, the prospect that was looking at those SUVs, you know, 60 days ago and went quiet. He came back online. So that might trigger a task inside of the CRM for the, uh, for the uh, sales rep to actually follow up. And maybe not at that very moment, but you might trigger something to happen within a few hours of that. So as the, as the prospect's thinking about it, you can reach them at that moment.
0: So in effect, your, your, your sales or your website's doing, um, a lot more than, like you said, just a brochure. If I can get back to that a little bit, what can you dig in a little bit deeper into what you're saying about, um, trying to build different features on your website so you can, is it to profile your potential client better? Is,
1: yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's, that, that's essentially what you're doing is, uh, I, I, I tell people now it's a web, like I mentioned. It was like a brochure. Maybe ten years ago it was all, all about having a brochure website. Yeah. Today it's like having a storefront, and the the only difference is with the storefront today is you don't you're not actually physically there. You're you're virtually there. So you have to start implementing things to build a profile of your client is uh, and tying in different tools. So the, the website is is a lot more like a CRM in a way. Um, I think about chat. Chat's a big thing. Most websites you go to now have a chat feature, and usually that chat is linked back into your CRM. So, let's say you're chatting with someone on the website, that information gets pushed back into the CRM. So now, if you decide to call into the into the company, that information's all there. They can see your chat history and whatnot. So it's kind of a living, breathing thing at that point. But uh, as they're navigating the website, you're building up the profile you're starting to understand what their interests are, where they're at in your, in your marketing funnel. Um, it, it's kind of, it's like I said, it's a little bit of work and strategy in the outset. Instead of mm-hmm. the old way I used to just throw up websites and say, okay, I need an about us page. We need a services page and this, but now, now you actually think through how can I actually understand what they want? So that makes it easier on the folks, uh, on the sales folks and the marketing folks. when when the customer's calling in to actually help them quicker,
0: well, it's, that's good advice, and I wonder—is that um, uh, well? Maybe I won't put words in your mouth. If I'm if I'm thinking about a CRM, or if a business wants to dip their toes in into this, what are what are the you know mistakes a lot of people make, or what are the best uh, practices that they should follow to kind of get it right?
1: Yeah, I, the the number one thing is is the is the research up front. Um, as I mentioned, if you're going to go in there and type in CRM to Google today you're going to be throwing a lot of different options out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people are going to get a little scared off from higher end products. Like Salesforce is a great example. Salesforce is easily the most popular CRM out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive. Um, But uh, if if you actually step back and forget about the product for a second, and this is what I do with our clients, even though we do a lot of sugar CRM, I'd say 80% of our business is sugar CRM. Um, I I don't really talk about the product at the outset because it's not about the product. It's about the business. Like what, what, like the, why is like, why are we implementing the system? What are we hoping to get out of it? Building out a requirement list, understanding what you want that system to do. So when you start looking at products, it'll help you to narrow down what products actually going to fit what you need. It's the saying I always tell folks is um, never let the technology dictate your business. The business has to dictate the technology. The only way you can do that is by having a thoughtful process at the beginning on why you actually need a CRM or what the outcomes of having that CRM are going to do for you. And then hopefully you've done enough due diligence on that that you can take that document or whatever it might be to the vendors and actually present it to them saying, can your system actually do all the stuff that we need it to do? And there's enough out there now that I think you can actually get away with um, finding the right product.
0: When do you think a company needs to go from just keeping all this on an Excel sheet and moving into a CRM?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Um, it, it reminds me of a business coach. <laughs> I, I had this business coach a number of years ago, and he, he said, Derek, I want to show you my CRM. And he opens up an Excel spreadsheet. And he's like, I want to show you my search feature. You know, he goes Control-F or Command-F. Yeah. And then he searched for I'm like, okay. Um, But I I think the easy answer is I I don't, if you're using a spreadsheet to track your leads and your contacts, you probably need a CRM already. Okay. Let's put it that way. And it's a lot cheaper to get into, like I said, there's some free CRMs out there that are ready to be picked up. You can just go online sign up and start using something, especially if you're a smaller business and you say one to five to 10 employees. Uh, There's enough things out there that you could just get in there and start using something uh, to start tracking. Uh, I wouldn't start getting when I talk about strategy and talk about process and all that and what system to go with. uh, I talk about more when you're starting to think about automation and thinking about uh, more complex workflows, integration with your website and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you're already using a spreadsheet, take a look at some of the CRMs that are out there. Realize that some of these boutique uh, smaller systems might not be the one you have five years from now, but it might be something that will be good for the short term. Um, And with that said, make sure you can find something and get your data out if you need to as well. That way you can transition up if you need to.
0: Derek, the uh, I call, the podcast is lessons learned in marketing. So I ask all the guests uh, to uh, kind of give us a lesson that they've learned in the last little while, and uh, what 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 comes to mind if you think about uh, what you've learned lately about CRMs or automation or marketing in general.
1: Oh, I can go down a whole laundry list of that. <laughs> especially, especially as a small business owner, I I can think I can come up with a lot of lists. And I think the one thing is. Ah, uh, from marketing perspective, I don't think we spend enough on marketing. Ultimately, um, and that's something I, I've realized over probably the last six, twelve months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we relied a lot on referrals and you know clients just finding us because we're we're pretty unique in what we do. But um, I don't think we spend enough on advertising, getting the right messages out there. So I think um, I think realizing that, I think that's going to improve our business going forward. So I mm-hmm. think that's a recommendation too is uh, not go out there and just, you know, go guns blazing without thinking it through. But uh, I think you can't spend enough on marketing uh, to get your message out.
0: Eric, thanks so much for uh, the time just flew by here. I um, How how can people get a hold of you or find out more about uh, Eligio?
1: For sure. So you can uh, find us obviously on our website. Uh, our website's website www.eligio.com. That's e l i. Geo.com, And of course I'm on Twitter as well. it's just at Derek major. That's D E R E K M A J O R. Of course uh, my email is just Derek D E R E K at Ligio.com as well.
0: And can you uh, tell me what, uh, where, where does the name of Ligio come from?
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, I actually had one of my first businesses. I started in the late nineties uh, in 2000 as web hosting company. And we came up with a name, that was uh, we were trying to come up with something unique, and it was pronounced as "Eligio" as it is today. And what "Eligio" really stands for is uh, Eli is like a teacher, and Geo has to do green technology. So we deal, we like to deal with green technology and the cloud and all that.
0: Fantastic! Oh, I'm glad I asked that. <laughs> Thanks again, Derek, and I uh, um, appreciate your appreciate you taking some time with us this morning.
1: Yeah, no problem, Dave. Thanks for having me.